This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Wonderbly. Go to Wonderbly.com and enter your child's name for a full free preview of their personalized children's book. When you purchase the book, use our code BCPOD at checkout to get 15% off your order. Today's show is also sponsored by NatureBox. Get 50% off your first order when you go to NatureBox.com slash badchristian. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Kick it. Hey, y'all. Joey said he was going to be a little late. Guess why? Because he's eating. Three, two, two one. Hit it. Bad, 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 bad Christian. Right. Glad wow. to be back. You know, I got Joey's mode. Joey just texted me. Joey just texted me and literally... He was at a restaurant eating, and he should be hopping on here in the next few minutes, but he is actually eating. Where is he? At a conference or a pastor meeting or some uh, uh, sabbatical uh, (laughs) date night with his bride? What is it? One of those things. Vacation. Sabbaticals and date nights are like the number one and two things that pastors do. I, think. I never hear me like, oh, I, I sorry, I'll be, I'm, I'm, I'm on my way. I just got this. I had to run to this funeral or hospital call. Or I never hear that. It's always sabbatical, date night, conference, <laughs> enrichment. Learn. Hope, hopefully, he will show up here soon. Because uh, yeah, I don't know. All right, I just got in this mode where I started thinking. I got into this four day weekend with the holiday here. The Thanksgiving, and I just, yeah, I realized that I was under the impression that this was permanent all the way through New Year's. I forgot we had to come back and do this December stuff oh, for a couple of serious weeks here. <laughs> did y'all? Did y'all? Did you and Bridget do like a real Thanksgiving, like turkey and stuffing and all that stuff? By real Thanksgiving, if you mean spend a ton of money, do a bunch of work and stressful stuff, and make you know a mess, and then had to clean it up and forget to enjoy it, then yes. Now that that's sucks. what you mean. Ours were- no, it was Ours fun. Was e- easy, but not fun enough. It's like I'm telling you, it's the same way I feel about sex. I always forget to enjoy it. <laughs> I just forget. I mean, it's busy. You get started. You go. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. I have the, the turkey going. I smoke the turkey outside. You, you know, you've got to clean. And the next day, you got to clean up and recover, kind of thing. The next day after Thanksgiving is the best. In fact, the Saturday after Thanksgiving is my probably my favorite day of the year. It's the least. It's just like the most relaxing day of the year. It's always Clemson Carolina game. Big ups to the Clemson Tigers for beating the Gamecocks, yeah. of course, in such a powerful way. But it's a powerful, I'd say annihilating. Yeah, annihilating. But it's it, that weekend is the best one, and that Saturday you just chill. You get stuff done around the house. I worked on a table outside this weekend and cleaned up and just relaxed on the middle of a four day weekend. Good, best football of the year. That is the best day of the year, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. We stayed at home with just our our little family, us and the three kids. And the reason why is my my. Dad's side of the family does a lot. My mom's side of the family, they might do stuff, but I don't ever really hear about it much. But they have decided in the last few years just to go to restaurants on Thanksgiving. And I'm just I like, like it. That's what I want to do next I, year. No, I don't because, <laughs> well, here's why I don't. I don't want to drive with, okay, first of all, we have to drive six hours uh, with our kids, and then we pull up to a Cracker Barrel. There's a Cracker <laughs> Barrel on, <laughs> on the exit of my house. Why don't I just FaceTime them? 
I'll I'll go to the Cracker Barrel that's <laughs> one mile from my house and just do that. Like I sound just up like the my laptop dad. At your, both I, at your Cracker Barrels, like it's a, co- exactly. a corporate conference room for Thanksgiving. I, they should I'm have sure teleconference have screens at like, Cracker Barrels and just let everybody telecom their Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's just frustrating. Like I just, I mean, it. I, you might not be there yet because uh, you you have a real little one, but like having three kids at a restaurant, you have ten minutes, fifteen minutes tops to enjoy anything, and that's it. That's like going true. to a restaurant almost is just not ever worth it. it hasn't been worth it for us in years and so especially on thanksgiving when i kind of want to chill out and eat a nice meal and jess is i mean seriously my wife is an amazing cook i mean she really is our meal was so delicious and i i've for the last few years i've been kind of aware of what i've been eating and this year i was like nope i don't care i'm gonna enjoy and eat as much as i want and i literally did have the the, the thanksgiving like hangover feel sick like uh, acid reflux, misery, and I kept eating. I kept, I ate, I ate through it. Oh, Joey Spencer's uh, up. Joey Spencer's oh. on the call. What's wow, bitches! Where did you just come from? Where uh, were you I just can't. at? Well, um, I'm where at you work. Just at? No, I'm at where work. Were you just at? I'm at work. I just came from a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> So that that kept you from the Bad Christian Podcast. Joey, did y'all do any big family stuff for Thanksgiving? Like ours was great because it was just our family. Like I really enjoyed it. It was pretty relaxing, great food, and it wasn't stressful at all. Yeah, we actually went to Priscilla's side of the family, so it was a it was a small crowd, just those two, Priscilla's sister, sister's boyfriend, who brought a friend who was so I mean just such a weird guest. Oh my Lord. <laughs> like I sat on the couch with him and I said, Hey, so what city are you from? Raleigh. Okay. Um, so what do you, what do you, what do you do? Oh, I'm in sales. Okay. God, you're uh, killing me right now. How's your siblings? Like how many do you have? Oh, I have three sisters. I, and so finally, I'm sitting on the couch with this guy, and I'm just like, screw you. I don't want to talk yeah. to you then. Yeah. You're not going to help at all. I don't want to get to know you then. <laughs> I didn't want to get to know Man. you in the first place. I was just trying to be hospitable. This is my damn family. I mean, yes. it's crazy. Yes. But Joey, so what if he's really introverted? You. What if he's really introverted and just shy and you just shut him down, man? No, I gave him an open door. Introverts don't have to be dummies. They can I, I actually, totally agree. I'm so has glad to, to hear you vent like this. Now, that yep. guy was a super weird guest, although an avid BC Pod listener. <laughs> but he was in awe that he was lounging beside yeah, he Joey. He just was nervous talking, because you were around and he's a big fan, is all. I would be nervous too if I didn't know you and you were halfway laying down asking me about my family. <laughs> if Joey, Joey should have been a psychologist because then, then he'd be the one. It'd be you, you get counseling, but you both lay on a chase lounge at the same time and talk. It'd be real relatable for the person laying in the therapist chair because he's in, laying down too. Tell me about your family. <laughs> what are your earliest memories? How do you feel that's your mom? <laughs> hey, y'all listen to this. I went, uh, my brother and I went to the Clemson Carolina game with my dad celebrating his 70th that's coming up in December. And uh, so there is a Carolina fan. I know these teams don't mean anything to most of our listeners, but it's a huge in-state rivalry, Clemson against Carolina. And we went to the game that was in Dangerous territory, Columbia, South Carolina, bunch, you know, 30% of the crowd, Clemson fans. Well, this guy has to walk through, you know, about 30 people have to get up, you know, get out of their seats for him to come through. And he actually makes a point 
to say, hey, I'm, I'm a good guy, because he's talking to Clemson fans. I'm a good guy. Everything's cool, man. I'm, I'm good. And we're like, why would you even have to say that? So he goes to his seat, and I look over there at the beginning of the game, and I see his dad. Now, this is like a 25-year-old guy. I see his dad grab him by the arms and lecture him and like give him a pep talk, and I can't hear what's going on. I was, that is not a good sign. Whatever's going on over there, this is a little scary. And sure enough, there was a play where our quarterback got hit late going outside of bounds, out of bounds. Mm-hmm. And a Clemson fan behind this crazy guy said, he was hit out of bounds. And, and when the flag was thrown, the Carolina fan turned around and punched him in the <laughs> stomach. His dad had to grab him, That's move him away from the situation. Listen to this. He has the nerve 10 minutes later to come up to him with his hand saying, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You're sorry for assault? Like, that's one of those situations where you just probably What happened when he punched him? Uh, His dad grabbed him, and the the other guy was chill enough to realize this is not going to... He didn't call the cops or anything? No. No, if I was him, I would have probably thought along the lines of Justice been like, no, you got to get thrown out. And so every time, Clemson you know, Clemson awesome. pretty much dominated the game. Every time they scored a touchdown, I, I looked at this guy to see what he was <laughs> going to do. Punch, and you could tell man. he was filling up with rage. And finally, he was just like, I'm out of here. I can't control myself. Good. But people yeah, like that great. are just so absurd. Like, I was watching that game. It's sad. I know, I'm, it really well, is sad. Well, how about all the dumbass Carolina fans throwing water bottles? Did you see that, on, Joey, or, that they were throwing the bottles? bottles? Did you get to see any of it? So I, I, I've got the game taped. I can't wait to see Dabo's reaction. Mm-hmm. We did see things thrown out on the field, but we did not see uh, Clemson's coach go crazy and getting yeah. the penalty. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing is here, though, is obviously there's probably 20 people on that end of the field that was doing it. You can't, you, you, you can't make a statement about Carolina. No, it, it was every it's, single Carolina no, fan to me. And th- look, <laughs> I mean, that's the only every yeah. single one. Right. They're either <laughs> punching people or throwing water bottles, assault. I, that's it. I, it one, okay, how about this? I, first game I ever went to in my life, I was a young kid. My dad took me to a Clemson game. So I was always kind of partial to Clemson. But I I would say I didn't even really get into football that much because I was more of a music musician guy, band nerd guy. But when we were in Emory – I was like, well, maybe I like Clemson or Carolina. I don't know. Joey, you remember we went to a Carolina game. Uh, my brother got us tickets against Florida. And I was, I was pulling for Carolina then, all right? Fast forward, we're in Emory. We're playing a show in Columbia. I've told this story before. And some dumbass Gamecock <laughs> idiots break out into a fight and hit my mom, like knock her over to the ground. I was like, I will never ke- – I, I hate Carolina. Like, I literally – Hate them. Like, I, I, like if I would have seen that guy punch him, I might would have jumped in and started beating up a 25-year-old. I'm glad I wasn't there because it just makes me sick. Like, I was sitting there just old and grizzled. When, when, when I saw Dabo, I was like, those sick-ass Carolina Gamecocks are just terrible people. They're awful. All, I, I sound like my dad. My dad goes, Carolinas are all liberals. <laughs> Carolina fans are liberals. And I was thinking that. I was like, oh my God, they just are terrible people. So your dad just equates liberal as bad. Like, it just means bad. Communist, liberal, racist, Carolina fans, Hillary, Gamecock. Here's the irony here. Here's the irony. You're not going to be able to win me over to, and I know you don't truly believe that all Carolina fans are like that. I I believe that. So listen to this. I'll get in conversations with Devin Shelton because he's a big Carolina fan. And I'll be like, man, I try to root for Carolina. Uh, I just, I, it would be so much fun to root for both teams, except when they're playing each other. I just can't, man, because of some of the care. 
Devin's just like, man, I try the same thing too, but Matt and Toby are such assholes when Clemson <laughs> wins. I just can't take it. Like y'all are the reason why he can't pull for Clemson. <laughs> I, I just can't stand it. I, I, I wish I could too. That's the thing. Like I don't want to hate, but I literally, if, if you said the, like the thing that like I hate the most in the world, it'd be like, you know, world hunger, Rape, murder, all those things. But in the top ten is the Carolina Yeah, you got to reserve a spot or two. For, for sure. Like I mean, yeah. I'm not joking. Hey. <laughs> well, glad to hear about y'all's holidays. But speaking of the holidays and going forward, obviously we got Christmas coming up. So I want to tell you guys about Wonderbly. And I know y'all know what it is. Toby, you've used Wonderbly before, correct? Oh, yes, I have. That's good too. stuff. Yo, you both have. Well, excellent. Well, then yeah. I don't need to tell you, but I'm going to tell you and everybody else anyway. Wonderbly offers one-of-a-kind personalized books that can be made by you in minutes. So basically what they do here is they t- you get this custom. You remember when we were little, you get a choose-your-own-adventure book? Well, now you're the yep. hero of your own book. And these books are made for your child. The book literally doesn't exist until you press the button. So there's tons of good stuff here. Go check out the entire range of personalized books at www.wonderbly.com. The book is about you, and it uses a bunch of interesting stuff to make the your, your kid it'll just freak out about it because each child's adventure is based on the letters in their name, making sure that every story is unique to the child. It's not like they just stick the kid's name in. They generate different stories, tons of different ones, so it really is personalized. And then each child can follow the letters of the name through the book and discover the story is all about them. It's more magical than a typical personalized book that just, you know, like I said, it, it generically inserts it. And they've got a bunch of different stuff. They have them from zero to eight years. They have them from five to 12 years. And they even have a Christmas one that is, you know, age two to eight years. It's a charmingly personalized holiday story the whole family will adore and read every Christmas. So it's not just some passive entertainment for your kid. You can make memories with it. You can make tradition with it. And they just love that stuff. You know how they like it to see their self on a picture. Well, they, you know, they love books. They're gonna love to read a book about to them about themselves. Matt, you're right. They eat that shit up. Man. They, they just, love it. They just love it. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to wonder www.wonderbly.com. That's w o n d e r b l y dot com. And uh, just go right there and check it out, and you can enter your little one's name for a full preview of the story. And then enter code BCPOD at checkout to get 15% off your order. Again, that's visit www.wonderbly.com today, W-O-N-D-E-R-B-L-Y. All right. Hey, on, uh, on, on Facebook, on Thanksgiving, this is the sort of crap I have to put up with being on this podcast. I have... Some avid bad Christian listeners who are Facebook friends, and then I have non-avid Facebook uh, uh, bad Christian listener Facebook friends. So I post a live video of I'm I'm uh, basically recording my daughters doing a dance that they made up. I just thought it was cute. I said, "Hey, y'all want a Facebook audience?" <laughs> They're just like, "Yeah." So I get on there, and then I have you know some family and close friends saying, "Oh, just adorable. Those girls are so sweet. Oh, the dancing is actually good." Then I have, "Hey, is that?" your uh your third living room or your eighth one (laughs) and it's what i what i always think is funny is there's people they have no idea what these bad christian listeners are talking about like they just do not even get it so two worlds collide what's a weird thing with the so you know social media in itself is weird and i think everybody needs to take a, a a breath and think about how you use your social media. And I don't have any answer here. I'm permanently confused by how, how to use it. But I notice more and more 
people will take their actual social media, which is arguably their real life, like it's not just that computer stuff. You're, it's kind of your real life. You know what I mean? Messaging and keeping updated right. with people. I don't know. It's it's. I consider it to be quite real. Like I was looking at a friend of mine from high school who does woodwork, for instance, and I feel connected to him in a way that wouldn't be possible otherwise. And some people I interact with and stuff like that. It's my real life in some sense. And so when you take whatever your job is or whatever you do or some very narrow interest you have and turn your social media, personal social media into your platform, that's kind of, I don't know what to think about it. I know it's unavoidable in some cases. I know if you have 100,000 followers, I get it. But especially if you only have hundreds of followers or a few thousand or something, you know, who are you talking yeah. to when you compose a tweet or a message? Like it's right. It seems wrong to me, not wrong, but a big consideration to take that whole part of your real life and turn it into this is me talking about my cosmetics business or my podcast or being inspirational or your real estate, whatever it is. You turn into you lose a little something when you do that. And that's an example yeah. of it. Like you have your Facebook's no doubt overrun by podcast fans. And so, yeah, that's confusing to just the normal people you're talking to in your normal life. Yeah. yeah, and the idea that you can just say anything, hop in and out, and it feels as if there's nothing. Like, I think that's why most people get in trouble on social media, because it feels like maybe you're only talking to people that know you, but then if your following is bigger, then it gets blown out, and people mm-hmm. take it this way, and you have to explain everything now. People yeah. don't have – what I'm realizing, the number one thing I'm realizing is – uh, two. One, it's weird that we call them followers. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That that's strange. That and two, almost nobody has a good sense of humor. No, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Like I mean, nobody. It doesn't matter. Like we do not start with that's a bad joke or I don't get it. Have somebody explain it to me or that you just aren't good at humor. Like you know, it used the, to be the you reader tell a joke. of the joke or the maker of the right. joke, both. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, it's just unbelievable. But it used to be where if a comedian uh, <laughs> told a joke or something and somebody didn't get it, it, there was a little bit of responsibility on both sides or something. But now it's just like you take it and run with it, and that's it. And, and if you just misspeak or you do something like you're in, I just can't believe your entire identity is based on that. Like I mean, I could right now. Tweet something, Facebook something, and it could ruin my entire career, my job, my life, my marriage, my family, yep. my re- people who have respect for me, and that's the only thing. I might be a, well, I might be great in every other way, but one tweet is my identity. It's yeah. a real problem. Well, along uh, along similar but different lines, I would like to make a proposal to all of our listeners. If you make a habit of putting very polarizing things on your Facebook wall. For other people to read, please know that you're not changing anyone's minds. All you're doing is you're making people clap and thumbs up or pissing people off. So my proposal to you is get a very simple WordPress uh, website. And if you want to put some polarizing thoughts, put it on your blog. And then you can put on Facebook, hey, I have some thoughts on gun control if anyone wants not to a check bad it idea, out Joey. on my blog. And let's just keep Facebook idea. to like photo albums and hanging out. And I agree. My child was born for crying out hey, loud. Hey, you know like, what? I, I, I don't want to read yeah. this bullshit well, let, about let me contri- Trump. Let me add and, that you know a lot of these problems, especially with the jokes and the things and the 280 characters and those kinds of things, they have a lot to do with the problem of text. 
the whole thing is a text problem. Text removes all the body language. It removes inflection. Yep. It removes tone of voice. It removes the context. So I think it's yeah, actually, 100%. you know, text is is not our enemy, but it's, gosh, it's so limited how much we live our lives through text-based stuff. And you all know I'm not a fan of reading or text, but that's just one, yeah. in one way right. that is not the case. So Speaking of uh, polarization, we have a guest coming on that does not polarize at all. You know, he just kind of makes everything fit all nice and neat, doesn't <laughs> Never raise any eyebrows. Or anything. <laughs> well, well, while we're setting him up, let me go ahead and tell you folks, too, about the most amazing thing that I love to eat, right? Even after uh, Thanksgiving is Nature Box, and I promise you, I, I'm just going to go ahead right from the beginning. These have changed mine and Jessica's life. They're called, they have the mocha almonds that they have, and I promise you, they are so good that I'm losing my mind. Like, I just ordered... Uh, double them uh, 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 for my next uh, Nature Box order because I love them so much. And the holidays mean one thing. Go, go, go. You've got presents to wrap, travel to plan, relatives to brace for, and with all that, it can be hard to find the time to eat healthy. Let Nature Box help with snacks that are both delicious and better for you, and that's why I love it. However you're eating, whatever you want to eat. Have, like for me, if I want to eat lower carb, I can eat all their nut selections or their uh, jerky. It's just so good. Nature Box has over 100 delicious snacks. All the snacks are made with high-quality, simple ingredients. This means no artificial colors, flavors, or sweeteners. It's easy. Just go to naturebox.com, choose your snacks, and Nature Box will deliver them right to your door. You don't have to walk down that grocery store aisle reading all the ingredients and going, I don't know if I should do this or not, because Nature Box does it all for you. It's easy. Just go to naturebox.com, choose your snacks, and Nature Box will deliver them right to your door. And right now, Nature Box is offering bad Christian fans 50% off your first order when you go to naturebox.com slash badchristian. That's naturebox.com slash badchristian for 50% off your first order. naturebox.com slash badchristian. Look, Craig, good to have you on here, man. Yeah, appreciate y'all. Well, I want to get something out of the way real quick, Lecrae. You're one of my heroes. All right, does that make you oh, feel wow. uncomfortable? No, not at all. I'm, you know. <laughs> Man, this with this new album that released, like it is so good, and it really bugs me. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think it was the exact quote was. You know, you you've been used to certain venues bringing uh, in three thousand people, and now those same venues are three hundred people, and it's really because of an evangelical backlash to your honesty, like Christians being upset about you being honest and speaking passionately about something that you truly believe. Which, oh yeah, all it is legitimate stuff to talk about. But just walk us through. I guess the difference between, uh, I don't know, I think it was three years ago when you released Anomaly um, mm. and, and compare it to where you're at right now and what brought you here. <laughs> I know that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's clear the air a little bit. Let's get, let's first, <laughs> let's get the rumors uh, out the way uh, real before we go there. Um because uh, every time I, I say a little something, I haven't said a lot about all of these things, but every time I say a little something, it gets really misconstrued. So There you go. There you go. Uh, <clears throat> oh, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Sounds yes. good. Okay. Um, so, number one, uh, um, I don't hate white people. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know how that gets... 
You know, that gets classically uh, spread around. I don't know what that means or where that came from. I never said that. Uh, Thanks for clearing that up, man. Yeah, just so, I just want to make sure that's clear. Uh, number two, I, I didn't join uh, any organization. So I think a lot of people think because I said Black Lives Matter, they think I joined the organization. It's, it's a sentiment. It's like saying, um, you know... Uh, Mary's the mother of God doesn't mean you're Catholic because you said that. It just means you agree with the sentiment that Mary's you, the mother of God. You didn't sign to Black Lives Records Matter, Black Lives Matter no, Records or anything. Okay. I didn't. <laughs> okay. I didn't. Um, uh, <laughs> so, um, uh, and, and for the record, Black Lives Matter is not a terrorist organization, but some people have who have uh, said that sentiment or agree with that sentiment have done some very terrible things. Um, and then... Um, yeah, so I think those are pretty much the, the biggest, the biggest little misconceptions that are are out there. Um, oh, and then the whole like evangelicalism and, and white evangelicalism. I think a lot of people struggle with me saying um, white evangelicalism because they it's an unfamiliar term, and then in their mind they're like, it's just evangelicalism. What are you talking about? But contrary yeah, to popular belief, <laughs> people of color recognize and realize that. Um, we live in a majority white society, so I think white people don't don't think they have a culture, but but it's very very obvious to people of color. So mm-hmm. when I get on an airplane and I scroll through the movies, it's very obvious that there aren't very many of them with black or Asian or Hispanic people. It's just it's blaringly obvious to us. It may not be as obvious to our white brothers and sisters. So all that to say, three years ago. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Yeah, uh, I I think three years ago, I was just grateful to make music. I think everything I've shared this year was still a part of how I felt. I just did not feel like it needed to be articulated. Um, And and, and and I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, you know, that it it did have to at one point, that it had to be articulated. But it didn't, I didn't feel like I had to say it as explicitly you know if you heard dirty water on anomaly it was very explicit about stuff that's going on social cues but um but after countless murders and 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 the media of course once the media gets wind of a story which these are things that have been happening every day but once the media can see and understand like hey oh people are tuning in when we highlight this particular aspect of society um then and now it's in front of my face more than I thought it would be. And it's in front of my white brothers and sisters faces in the clergy. And I'm thinking, hey, are we all watching this? What are we going to do? And um, and when the response was silent for the most part yeah. or indifference, um, I said, well, OK, I, I guess I'm I'm by myself out here. So mm-hmm. and uh, and so then I had to start speaking out about it. And it was funny because I would see fans say, like, why are all my favorite Christian rappers caught up in social justice and I was like do you, do you guys not know that we're all people of color has that not occurred to you that that's probably why we're all saying something because all of Gosh. us you know but anyway so yeah. we you know we laugh but that is actually really sad that they have to ask that question well it's yeah. crazy to, to differentiate so much between what the what Christianity is or the gospel is or evangelical is, is to like I don't know. I mean, the whole thing is obviously a bunch of people wanting to be on teams. And you were, they thought, mm. they must have thought you were on their team. And the team is one that quotes Bible verses and tells people a certain thing in a certain <laughs> way. And they, and, and maybe you have done that. And maybe that's okay to do. And maybe that's part sure. of who you are. But everybody, 
has teams, and they're like, well, hang on. If he's doing something different in addition to what he does, is he on another team? Is he on a different team? Because I was told that's not my team, and it's just yeah. you know everybody's being careful. And when you say that silence thing, that's profound because a lot of us out there, white Christians, were flat-footed. Like, we just walked into this thing. We said, wait, what's going on? Wait, yeah. what happens if I say this? What happens if I, now? I'm, you know, maybe I want to take a year and just look, and maybe we have that luxury yeah. to sit around and say, if I come out this way, or we, you know, and I can see how from your point yeah. of view, you assumed everybody was right there with you. Like this is messed up. Let's talk about this. This right. is messed up. Let's talk about right. that. And a lot of people paused because they're scared, and then they ultimately were probably right to be scared because everybody's attacking sure. everybody. That's and a they good question, Lecrae. Yeah, Lecrae, were you surprised with the pushback on Anomaly with like Dirty Water and some of these concepts that you were introducing probably for the first time in your career, right? Wasn't that the first time you started talking about that kind of stuff? Definitely in music, yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, you know what's funny is I I alluded to some stuff on the Church Clothes mixtapes, but it's still, I I was surprised not at the... I was surprised. Yeah, I was surprised at the pushback because because I didn't know. <laughs> it's almost like you don't know you're adopted until your your parents say you know you're or your brother or sister says you know you're adopted, right? Yeah. And that's how I felt. I it was like, oh, I'm not a part of this. I'm really not. Y'all don't look at me as the same here. Like, oh, and uh, and so that was the biggest shocker to me. And it, I had a real identity crisis because I didn't realize that. You know, for the most part, white Christians had embraced me and said, you know, we're embracing you because you go along with what we think is right. And then in their mind, they're not thinking this is the white way. They're just thinking this is the right way of loving God. Um, But they don't realize it's very cultural. And so um, if I say, man, I don't I don't like, uh, you know, worship music. They say, what are you talking about? You must not love Jesus. And it's like, no, no, no. It's just because there's a lot of guitars in it. And I don't really like guitars. <laughs> you know, it's very cultural. And, you know, we we like organs and pianos. And, you know, so I think people just assumed I was saying I don't like Christianity or I don't like white people. And really, I was saying, no, it's it's this cultural way of seeing things that I'm struggling with um, because you don't see it's a cultural thing. And so. A lot of people just think it's it's the American way. And and I'm like, you know, American culture is mostly like what white people assume the culture is. Like baseball is very American. Baseball is 85 percent white. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, And so it's just those things that I think people don't recognize or contemplate. And that's what I had to to realize was, oh, y'all embraced me because I was doing things the way you thought they should be done. And then when I said something that was counter. It was like, what are you doing? You're messing up everything. Why are you being divisive? And I was like, oh, this isn't being being divisive. This is me acknowledging there's other shades to this whole thing that we're talking about here. Well, let's talk about some of your lyrics then. I I, uh, was listening to the record. I I was just going to say that to me too highlights a more broad problem. And that is, let's say that you are, which I 
to- vehemently disagree with, but let's say that you are saying some things that are just off and people are like, man, what's going on with him? So a Christian's response is to write you off as, as oh. a guy that they like. Like if anything, they should be saying, man, I still love this guy's music, but what's he talking about, man? Has he lost his mind? I need to write him a letter or, you know, and I'm not suggesting if you think <laughs> someone's spiritually off to write him a letter, but <laughs> taking more of an approach of, man, I care for that person. Instead, yeah. that dude's off. I don't like him. I'm not going to his concert, not buying his stuff. I don't care about Lecrae anymore. I mean, that's, well, yeah. Christians, that's crazy. We, we love to eat our own, though. And that's unfortunate yeah. about us. You know, we love to eat our own and 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 we love to say we're all about grace and, and forgiveness. But then truthfully, we're really very tribalistic and and we're about self-righteousness, unfortunately. And that's not yeah. all. That's not to paint us everybody. But I mean, you know, it's a broad brush, broad stroke. But yeah, it was it was painful because when all the people you look up to are silent uh, and they're most, most of them are white. Yeah. They're, they're all silent. Mm-hmm. And then the people who supported you for years have said they've lost all respect for you and you're a race baiter and you're divisive. And I, and I deleted all the songs from my kids iPod because of this stuff you're talking, you lose sight of who you are. So I, 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 I crashed and burned you know, I really crashed and burned and I was really hurt and, you know, church hurt. And man, I really was, I, I had about a good two months where I was like, God, I don't know if you're real because everything that I've learned about you, I've learned from these people who are silent and, and has been supported by these people who supported me. And now when I'm saying something that I believe is accurate, they've all turned their backs on me. Well, I don't know. Are you real? Maybe all this is made up. So I really had to do some serious work over, you know, over a year. But definitely in that two month period of time was the darkest time of my life. When was that really awesome? A really awesome song on your uh, latest release. Um, It is called um, Can't Stop Me Now. And Mm -hmm. I just love these lyrics. And I'm curious if you wouldn't mind uh, going into them a little bit. It says, uh, but the truth is, I started to doubt God. I started to question my purpose. I started to act out. I ain't mm-hmm. want to sign another autograph or give a fake smile. Doctors told me that my man died. I almost had a breakdown. Act out. What, what's mm-hmm. going on there? Like just saying things you shouldn't say or what? Oh, well, I mean, the first thing I did was I told my wife, I said, hey, listen, um, don't ask me to do any devotionals or anything with the kids because I don't know where I stand. I'm I'm done. Um, a lot more, Dang. you know, I was, I was already, you know, uh, a, a grace filled Christian. So I wasn't anti alcohol, but there was a lot more bourbon pouring during this <laughs> <Yeah>. time. period. <laughs> <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> and, um, and really, man, I, I just felt like I really started to question the rules because if God created the rules and he wasn't real, then were the rules real? And I started to question the rules and and I really was kind of like, you know, Solomon in a lot of ways, like, what if, you know, and thank God I didn't just punt the faith and just go crazy and and leave my family and nothing's, you know, really crazy. But at the same time, I really was not bothered by, you know, things that I would have may have been up in arms about before that, you know, like, oh, you know what, um, you know, uh, I don't know. You could you name it. I just really wasn't bothered. I didn't feel any sense. I put it to like this. I didn't feel any any sense of having to be a leader, a Christian leader. So um, 
you know, I'm not gonna, you know, try to hold that standard up for anybody in that period of time. I wasn't even trying. Yeah. Yeah. I think your lyrics really speak for themselves. And it's this, it's this thing where, I mean, it's so interesting to me is in hip hop is such a cool genre because you can really say exactly how you're feeling and you get that tone of voice and you get that it's real delivery so close to talking that it feels more profound than to me than somebody just singing all these songs about you know we do screamo music and we sang about broken hearts (laughs) and stuff like that but you have this opportunity and use your music to be able to talk about exactly what you're talking about and i find it really good i love the new Mm -hmm. album and i want to talk about some of the the really tough lyrics here in the in the song facts but first i really dig the Harambe line in the first song and always do. And I wanted to ask you about that because to me that was funny. Like, you know, you just, you know, there's so many Harambe jokes and you said they don't love you till you're gone like Harambe. And 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 that makes a point, but it's also just funny. Do you think of that as funny? Because I never think of humor in hip hop, but is it something I've missed? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you, I can see that when it comes to like artists who are pretty serious, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be like, you know, when you got like a Kendrick or a Tupac or something like that, where it's like, they're not known for the, the humor, mm-hmm. but it, it, it pops up like Eminem, of course, is funny, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, for me, it was like, you know, kind of tongue in cheek, like, you know, um, I'm gonna have to die before people are like, <laughs> oh, okay, well, I guess, I guess maybe, you know. He did, he was impactful or he helped out or, you know, yeah, I guess I like him. You know, I was like, man, y'all re- I mean, but, you know, that was me dealing with just sheesh, man. Y'all ready to throw us away because we believe that people are being unjustly murdered. Like, it's like, I'm done with you. You know, I'm like, man, I guess, you know, y'all don't care about the, the doggone gorillas till they die. Y'all didn't go to the zoo. That's till- great. <laughs> well, I just think that's so awesome because I think humor is such a profound thing and can be used. And I think that get, works on so many levels. I'm not saying it's necessarily mm-hmm. a joke or whatever, but that that gets to the the comic sense of 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 how the you know absurdity of human behavior and caring about oh, like, yeah. gorilla or after they're gone and all that stuff. It's just profound. It's in a tiny little line, and it's you talking and you talking about what you're you know yeah. going through and all that. So I just I think it's great. I love it. I love it. I love humor too because humor is the way we can deal with tough circumstances. It's definitely the way like comics, comics live some of the darkest lives you'll ever imagine. And the only way they can live those lives is to get up there and tell those jokes. They can't tell those jokes if they're not living them. And so their lives are really dark. And so I admire what comedians do. And I try to, you know, it's so funny to me too, because in comedy, we can acknowledge and laugh at true things that we can't ever say. So if somebody gets up and tells a very racist joke, everybody laughs because it's true. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, man, you know, my black friend's always late. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Why is everybody laughing? You know what I'm saying? Um, because that's a stereotype that we don't know how it became true. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty prompt, but still, <laughs> uh, we laugh at that. You know, when Cat Williams tells a joke about him seeing a Hispanic girl in the laundromat with soccer shoes on and a prom dress, we laugh because we've seen that same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but but if you say that outside of the context of comedy, it's it's a very racist stereotype. And I think you know, we got to acknowledge that there's that we see things through racial lenses and different lenses and mm-hmm. we see these things. And so comedy lets people do that. My friends, you had to pardon interruption here. I am sorry to interrupt this interview because I'm really enjoying it. But 
of course, I've got to tell you about something important, and that's Tooth & Nail Records, one of our best sponsors, our good friends, good music. And so I do want to give them love. Now, here's what they've got going on. Christmas sale. And I mean a good one. All digital albums are five bucks, every single one. Everything else is 25% off through the end of the year. So that includes a ton of great bands. Phineas, Tyson Motzenbacher, August Burns Red, Demon Hunter, Norma Jean, Ongoing Concept, Copeland, Amberlin, Fit for King, Silent Planet, Dustin Kinsrew, Citizen Saints, King's Kaleidoscopes, Wolves at the Gate. King's Kaleidoscopes, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce that one. Wolves at the Gate, Starflyer 59, Civilian, and many, many more. So you can head to any of the label stores. That's Tooth & Nail, Solid State, Gospel Song, BEC, to see what's available. And just to give you an idea, let me hammer this home for you. Most vinyl's $13. So that's all your gifts right there. $13. Most shirts are $11. It won't be cheaper than that anywhere or ever. So now is the time to get it. Ton of stuff available. SolidState.MerchNow.com ToothAndNailRecords.MerchNow.com GospelSong.MerchNow.com and BEC.MerchNow.com Merry Christmas! from everyone at Tooth & Nail Records and thanks so much for listening to our bands. That's a message from them to you. More great music coming in 2018 from them. Even just the rest of the lyrics, they, they, they break some kind of boundaries that I found I find really neat. It's like the fourth wall or something. Like, in facts, I mean, that song is just heavy uh, as far as all so the, the stuff you're saying in there. So you just started off talking about truth, 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 truth. And then you come in and just drop a lot of stuff there. And it's weird to me is is the song itself probably perpetuated or was, you know, almost a feedback loop of causing more of the problem that you were addressing in the song itself. Because you, you come right in and you, you mention evangelicals by name. You talk about the way people talk about, I, I'm, I'll, I'll say some of the lyrics here, but it's interesting because you must have already been receiving some of the stuff that made you write the song. And then the, then you talk about in the song, which I imagine made the problem worse, uh, if it's mm-hmm. if you consider it a problem, but I, I don't consider it that mm-hmm. way. But I hope people understand. If they haven't listened, go check out his new album. It's amazing. But the second song is it Facts, is. and it says, Oh, man, now they're acting like I'm suddenly political. Told me shut my mouth and get my checks from evangelicals. Uh, where my mama raised me on Angela and Eldris. Chuck Berry made it, but the credit went to Elvis. And then he goes on and says, You grew up listening to Tupac. Uh, I love that. I want to ask you about all these lines specifically, but you grew up thinking that mm-hmm. the Panthers were some terrorists, but I grew up hearing how they fed my mama eggs and grits. Uh, and then you mm-hmm. said, last thing I'll say on this, I just circled these ones that I like so much. I said, uh, you should have followed in the steps of King. I say, you should, you've forgotten how they shot him in the streets. So that's like, you're genius. I, I mean, that's Pure all, and genius. all that happens in like 10 seconds. I mean, that's the, a tiny part of the song. There's a bunch more stuff in there, but, uh, Let's go in reverse order that. Well, let's just start with the Panthers thing. I don't know all your history, but you say yeah. people talk about the Black Panthers like they're terrorists, and you grew up hearing mm-hmm. how they fed your mama eggs and grits. Yeah. And, and can, can I say something real quick, too, before you answer that question? Is it, Can we assume that, because I, I think sometimes the casual listener doesn't pick up on the emotion of the lyrics. These are deeply moving, mm-hmm. sobering thoughts of yours, mm-hmm. right? I mean, this this isn't yeah. stuff that you're just throwing out there. This is stuff that's connected Man. to your heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, am I right? Like, mm-hmm. the, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think to, 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 to understand these lyrics, to, uh, to really be able to wrestle with them, you've got to know that you see the world from one particular vantage point 
And I use this example a lot, right? I say to people, I say, tell me something about Native Americans. You know, and most people don't have a lot to say. Uh, everything they can tell me, they got from movies. Mm. It's not because they got Native American friends, because there's only 40,000 left of them in the United States. It's not because they read books on Native Americans. It's more than likely not because they watched a documentary. It's mostly from movies. And so you got to acknowledge most of the information you've been fed about Native Americans has been through film and TV made in Hollywood by probably white or Jewish guys, right? Native Americans wear headbands around their heads. No, they don't. That's only one particular tribe. The reason why you see them in movies with those head wraps around their, their heads is because it was white actors playing them and they had on wigs and they needed to keep the wigs on. So now we believe that all Native Americans wear these little headbands. And so when you realize, oh, I've been fed a perspective that may not necessarily be completely true. It's just a perspective. Then you can see the lyrics of that song a little bit better. Uh, uh, one other quick example I'll say is if you go to a baseball game, America's favorite sport, if you sit behind a dugout, you see the game, you see the whole game. If you sit in outfield, you think you see the game, you see the whole game. You sit in left field, you think you see the whole game. But truthfully, you see vantage points of the game. And if I'm sitting in one of those, I can't see something that somebody sitting somewhere else can see better than I can. That's why we have the review plays in football mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. So when I'm talking about the Black Panthers, most people have only seen the propaganda and the information that's been given to them probably by the media, right? They mm -hmm. don't know any Black Panthers. They haven't read any books about Black Panthers or about Black Panthers. They just know what the media said. And what the media has consistently highlighted are the few people within the Black Panther Party who strayed from the initial initiatives and became violent um, without reason or became very hateful toward white people and called white people, um, you know, uh, met anger with anger, right? Mm -hmm. Or um, they hear them call police officers pigs. And now all you've ever known is, is Mr. Jim, who's an officer in your neighborhood who says hey to your kids and walks everybody home from school and patrols the neighborhood. But you don't, you never seen the racist police officer who is profiling people and treating them bad and beating them. And so, of course, you're going to think if this is what you keep seeing over and over again, cops are pigs. So they, they hear these things and they say, man, the Black Panthers are terrible people. Now, they started to protect the community. They started to serve the community. My mother went to school hungry. She used to eat clay. Um, she was so hungry. She lived, she grew up in, in, in uh, abject poverty. She used to eat clay to keep food in us, to keep her stomach from growling. The Black Panthers started a Feed the Children program in her neighborhood. Nobody else did. The Christians didn't. The Salvation Army didn't. The church didn't. The Black Panthers started a Feed the Kids program, and they fed her breakfast every morning and taught her that she was valuable and worthwhile. And so those are the Black Panthers that I grew up hearing about. I didn't hear about the ones who were rogue and was killing people. And if I did, I heard about it from people who felt like, man, we've been getting killed. So, you know, so right. there's documentaries and movies that you can watch about them uh, to learn more, you know, uh, uh, and then I'll, I'll go backwards one more and then we can, y'all can chime in too. But on, on the Martin Luther King line, they say, following the steps of King, I say, you forgotten how they shot him in the street. They say, Craig, you should be more like Dr. King. Mm -hmm. That's what they say. As in Dr. not King divisive was, is what they mean there. Yeah. Like make it palatable right. for us. He was nice. Unifier. Right. Be a unifier. <laughs> like Dr. <laughs> King was. Nice. 
And I'm like, do you realize that Martin Luther King was the most hated man in America before he died? The day he died, he was the most hated man in America. But people don't realize that because he's been lionized mm-hmm. and and in culture, and they've taken some of the things that they liked about him and told those stories, which is what we do in America. You know, we tend to take the good parts of people's stories and talk about those, the stuff we like. We get to pick and choose. I like this about Christopher Columbus, not that. So let me talk about this and not that. And so um, we know about King's, you know, uh, indiscretions and everything, but he still, we still appreciate him. We're not denying those things, but you can't act like he was a lovable, huggable piece for everybody. Uh, and that's how y'all saw him when he was alive. Cause that's that not. big old teddy bear. He was just so nice. <laughs> yeah. It's also like telling p- politicians and people today, why don't you at, at, act a little bit more like George Washington, be a little more like Lincoln. Why don't you? <laughs> right. You know, there you so, go. okay. It's a different time. I don't know what you want me to do. And, uh-huh. and so, yeah, so that's all I'm saying is that's why, you know, uh, Dr. King said exactly the same thing that I've been saying is that when I start talking about issues of ethnicity and race and discrimination, people say, why don't you stick to the gospel? <laughs> then they said that to him. He wrote the letter yeah. from Birmingham jail. It's a very famous letter. And uh, he wrote that letter. But they, we just take and pick and choose the stuff we like from the I have a dream speech and don't look at any of the other things that he said. And so that's what uh, people are tending to do is not want to do the work and the research. And so. I'm just having this in a, in four minutes kind of throw some breadcrumbs out there. Did you have a mental shift with all things work together? Like, did did you say to yourself, you know what, to, to hell with trying to appease people and saying things in a certain way. I'm just going to say it and let the chips fall where they may. Like, yeah, was there was a the different shift? attitude with this one? I was forced to. I, I wasn't me trying to buck the system and middle finger everybody. I was forced to because nobody would listen to me when I was trying to be reasonable. They stopped. They unfollowed me. They blocked me. They stopped buying my projects and they, they told me I was being divisive and they shut my mouth. And I was trying to be very cordial and nice and dude. Oh, hey, brothers and sisters. I remember making a video. I never forget after the Mike Brown verdict and everything, you know, I said, well, yeah, of course, I'm not saying Mike Brown was a stand up citizen. Right. What I'm saying is um, the facts are not lining up. And this is a picture of what's been happening consistently in our society. Well, I didn't realize I was so naive. I didn't realize that a lot of my white brothers and sisters don't see these incidents as related. They see them as isolated circumstances. And so I had to learn that the hard way. And so I made a video. I said, hey, brothers and sisters, uh, I just want to present this perspective. And wait, are you talking white right now? Are you making fun of I'm, I'm talking like how I said it. This is really how I approached the situation. I was, I said, man, you know, because um, I was naive and I was like, oh, well, maybe there's just a misunderstanding. Maybe I didn't do it right. So let me do it better. Yeah. Let me say it nicer. And I said it nicer. And I asked some, I asked questions. I said, why do you think we see things different and help me understand? And man, you would have thought I said, Jesus is fake. I mean, it was just attack on attack on attack. And so I just kept getting beaten to a corner. And, you know, I was used to getting beat up by Christians because I would do a song with somebody they think I shouldn't do a song with or because, you know, I didn't say Jesus enough times in my interview. And so I'm used to that. But this was like, hey, this is my soul. I'm talking about something that really, really is weighing on me. And y'all are just beating me up 
via social media and blogs and everything else. And I'm, so I'm like, I'm in a dark place. And, and when I came out of my dark place, it was, well, forget it. If they don't like me, I'm just going to say what I need to say. Then, if they already, if they're done with me, God's not. So here we go. The line. I think one one thing that I've uh, I, I have a couple questions too, uh, but one thing that I am realizing through this, and I maybe I maybe it's just kind of springing up on me now. I I realized over the last it's probably been the last five years of change. Like like I said earlier, I grew up in Greer, South Carolina. Uh, had family members say the N word uh, ever since I was a little kid. I didn't even <laughs> I didn't even know. Like I, like no, there wasn't there wasn't a anybody telling me that's not right or not normal. Do you know what I mean? Like I I didn't understand. I was just a little kid and the people in authority over me, my family members or the older, that's what they instilled in me that that it was okay or whatever. Right. But Hmm. an an interesting change happened to me because my first taste of music uh, that I really enjoyed was, was like Sam cook. He's probably my all time favorite. (laughs) And, uh, and like when you're going back to that idea of like Chuck Berry or, or, or Otis Redding or whatever, those, those, uh, men and their lyrics and their music really spoke to me at an early age, but I was just a little white kid, and so it, it I I learned to appreciate uh, black folks, black culture only through entertainment. That was the only way I was actually mm-hmm. able to respect them or be like like for example, football players. Like it, it was mm-hmm. like Randall Run, Randall Cunningham when he played for the Eagles was one of my favorite quarterbacks ever. But that was that was how it was compartmentalized. It you know, and then every, mm-hmm. and then when you get to school. They threw in George Washington Carver and the peanut stuff. That, that, was the, that, was like, that was like the only smart black person you ever heard about. So I was like, I, I'm, I'm serious. Like, that's what we How were How do you taught. think we feel? I know. That's what I'm saying. That, that, that's my point. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it, it was so instilled that it was just like, oh, well, let's throw in George Washington Carver just to make everybody, you know, at least we did that, the, the token, uh, you know, black scientist or whatever. And so yeah. now I, I'm realizing now, like, your, your lyrics on this record are so thoughtful and so provocative. It scares people because they want you just to stay rapper. Mm-hmm. You're a rap. You, you can rap about God. Rap about God and how good He is, but don't be thoughtful. Don't be provocative. Don't challenge me because that means yeah. I have to listen to this. Means I have to do like you said. You, ha- you have to do a little bit of work. Like when mm-hmm. I heard this record, I'll be honest too. I, I don't listen to much Christian rap at all, and I have not been able to turn this record off. I promise you, I love it. Uh, my favorite song is "Come and Get Me," and I play. I'm a huge Green Bay. Pa- I'm a huge Green Bay Packer fan, and I I play that super loud before the games because I just love that bass. Oh man, the music is so oh, good. And, and, and getting to my question, the music I'm sorry on this about album. Last night, by the way. Oh, I'm I know, sorry. dude. I, I was, it was devastating. <laughs> I'm happy but, uh, you had a good the, game the, finally. The music on this album, there is a real energy. I, I, it's, I wish I could think of the right. Way. It's not a. Maybe it is aggressive. Like the music on this, mm-hmm. even it just feels so good. Was that? intentional as well because i mean it matches the like that that baseline in that the beginning of, of, of that song coming again i just i can I, not stop listening i love it and then then you you know the lyrics and the flow that you have over it are so amazing but it just fit that feeling it really has is amazing it, were you, yeah. was that intentional too the music choices you made absolutely I, you know what is funny is i had a friend of mine who said um you know he's very candid uh, Tyree, he said, uh, he said it in a very intellectual way. He said, the music you're making does not match the phenotype of the folks, of the issues, you know, you're addressing. What he's basically saying was, you're not making black music. And, um, and, and, that, and it's so funny because I know there's songs that are more appealing to a pop leaning audience or a majority white audience, right? Like there's, 
white people make up the majority of America and the majority of Christians in America. And if that's who's buying my songs, I know the type of songs that they want to hear. And so it's easy to make those songs, um, even though there's songs that black people typically are like, eh, it's not my style. Like I said, we just, you know, the guitars is not our thing. Strumming. And when we talk about guys, it's a piano, it's a bass guitar. You know, it's just, there's certain things culturally, you know, um, it's just like if I wanted to make uh, music that was more culturally uh, leaning toward uh, a Hispanic culture. There's certain things that I would do. And, um, and so I think I wasn't worried about making this music palatable, the, the sonically. I didn't want it to be yeah. safe sounding like, you know, oh, this will fit on pop radio. This will fit on, uh, you know, K-Love or whatever, Heaven 95 or whatever that is. I was like, no, we're just going to make the music that needs to be made and um, and not cater. Uh, it's not even racially as far as that's concerned. It's just more like it's more akin to like, man, let's just make some authentic hip hop music, some good music and not worry about getting a win at the Dove Awards or nothing like that. Because we know how to do that, <laughs> you know, but that's not what we were trying to do. He might be frozen there. Lecrae, can you hear us still? Yep, yep. Uh oh. Okay. Did I good. disappear? You just froze for just a second. No problem. No problem yep. at all. I'm sorry about that. I, you know I, what I, I like about a, the production of it is that uh, I think one of the things that make it sound aggressive and it's like almost invasive is how dry it is. I'm I'm big into that on rock recordings yeah. now too. Mm-hmm. It's not reverby mm-hmm. and uh, overproducey sounding like some distant yeah. massive rock star or whatever. It's, it's just you right in my ear. It's right here and it's dry and it's <laughs> it's. It, I mean, like it's it. The message comes through faster, d- more direct that way. So that that's my takeaway from the. Production. I appreciate that. I mean, yeah. I I put this I put this album right up there with uh, Kendrick Lamar. I oh, I, 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 do, I do a I, uh, <laughs> I do I a top ten with my with my brother every year. My top ten favorite albums and y'all's are right. It's just it's so like are are you do you think? And this is such a weird question for a fanboy like me to ask. And then you know it's a, it's kind of a putting you in a weird situation. Do you think people are recognizing the depth of your talent in in mainstream? Like, are are you are you hearing what you should be hearing? And I, I'll just say it for you: you should be getting a lot of yeah. This is one of the better artists out there doing hip hop. Like, are you do you get that sort of thing? I think what I get from the mainstream is um, if a Christian is going to do it, that's the guy. You know, but but not. Gotcha. That's the guy. It's just yeah. if a Christian is going to do it, that's who He's we want to hear right. do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I and I, I, you know, and that's something that I've I've kind of done to myself in a way. Um, I don't think I don't think when I'm when I'm dead and gone, I don't think there'll be any award show that will recognize any of the contributions that I made because I think I've so isolated myself. You know, uh, there's no Christian hip hop industry. Right. We don't there's no award shows or industry for that. There's, you know, CCM or is not going to like say, oh, this guy, you know, I'm not Chris Tomlin and gospel. I'm not Kirk Franklin. And in hip hop, I'm not Kendrick Lamar. So it's kind of like you just really isolated yourself in a, in a unique way where that's OK. You know, it's kind of like a prophet in a way. You just kind of 
You don't do it for the, for the acclaim. You do it so that people can hear what you got to say. And you hope it goes as far and wide as it needs to. Well, as an artist, I mean, that's one thing to know the kind of songs and do this or whatever. But as a person, you just, you discussed earlier, you know, going through a really dark time and having to face some music here and, and say who you were and be who you were. You What freaks me out about thinking about that is, uh, like you said, the line here that says, told me to shut my mouth and get my checks from evangelicals. Now, that yeah. would have been possible for you to do. That's what's really, really scary to me as a person that creates things and is also a human being. You could have, and many people would have not written that line and done exactly that because you know how to do that. If you wanted to appeal more to evangelicals and get bigger checks, that was available to you, no? I yep. mean, you were, you were on Jimmy Fallon, honestly, because of so many Christians buying your album. I mean, because you were the number one album on the... Uh, yeah, Matt, that's a really can, good I'm point. just saying, think really? about the dark time you went through. You could have avoided it, but I would just suggest ooh, temporarily to the detriment of... I mean, can you imagine where you'd be if you just kept your mouth shut and did a few more records to, to get yeah. paid? That, Gosh, that's a terrifying yeah. thought, isn't it? Internally, I'd have been in a really right. uh, jacked up place. I don't think I could have lived with myself, yeah. you know... Um, and that's just the biggest issue. And I don't think I'd have been honest to what, you know, God put on my heart. But yes, I mean, I thought about it. I, did, I didn't think about it initially. I just said it just needs to be done. I didn't count the cost for really. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't it, whatever it needs to be said. Um, but yeah, you, you don't you don't know till you know till you go, boy. Yeah. And I went. Yeah. You know, the river dries up quick. Yeah. <laughs> we'll tell you, give by, us the specifics the way, about that. What do you did, mean? I've heard yeah. Come, yeah. Yeah, well, give us the specifics on that. What, like, what, what, what's happening, and where you think you're headed? Um, <clears throat> well, the thing is, is I, I know, and not to over spiritualize it, but it's just the truth is, when God's hand is on you, there's nothing anybody can do to stop that. So I'm not afraid of people. Um, end of the day, I'm just a, I'm afraid of not doing what God created me to do. And if God created me to do something, I'm gonna do it, um, regardless of the cost. Um, and so, yeah, it was a cost. Uh, um, <clears throat> for, for example, uh, you know, I mean, I was on the, the speaker circuit as far as, you know, evangelical realm is concerned. I was on the speaker circuit. Um, I, I haven't seen an invitation to, to speak at anybody's conferences or churches or anything like that um, in quite some time. Uh, I was, you know, my shows... Um, I remember when I first went back out on tour after I dropped Can't Stop Me Now, a show that I had previously had 3,000 people at. It was 300 people there. Whoa. You know, it's 300 people. Jeez. And so... Um, 90% decrease? Yeah, a 90% <laughs> oh gosh, decrease. Uh, but, I, but I know where my bills get paid from ultimately, and that's God. And so, and I... And, and you know, people said that to me, which, which enraged me further and made me go harder. They said... We, you know, we made you. Oh, we no. paid for this. We paid oh. for that. And I said, oh, no, 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 God. no. See, now oh, God. I'd rather go work at Home Depot before I let yeah. you, you don't want that. feel like you've established me as a, a like, God made me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, um, Dude, so, I'm you know, sorry. Like, seriously, I'm sorry you went through that. That's just unbelievable. It's tough. Know. It was tough. But, you know, um, I... I had family who stood by me. I had friends who stood by me. And then I had so many people who came out the woodworks who said, man, you've been saying everything that's on my heart. I just didn't know how to say. And now 
um, what's happened is a whole new group of people have been forming and building. Mm-hmm. And now I go back and it's in the, 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 where there was 3000 people, there's 1500, but they, they look different. It's a different group of people now. It's people who can handle, take the heat. It's people who want to hear a, a, a refreshing voice and not just the same jargon. You know, they want to hear the whole counsel of God, not just one little cute picture. You know, they want to hear the bad Christian and they want to hear the, the good side of it. You know, they want to hear it all. So yeah. um, so it's, it's fine. I'd rather have that anyway. You, it, It's always better to be yourself than to be who somebody else wants you to be. Yeah. Well, are, before, are you are you happy with like uh are you fine if people just like your music like it, r- right now are you put in a position to where you're having to defend your music like like for example your song come and get me it, it's totally fine with you right that I play yeah. that before a Green Bay Packer game like you you just yeah. want people to like your music but you want to the big thing here is you want to be free to speak your truth right now right absolutely. that's what you're doing absolutely and and you know it's kind of like you know I know it's a sensitive topic and it's and it's different but it's similar but i in a sense i took a knee on the field of christendom right like yeah in a yeah. sense i'm colin kaepernick of of, of christendom um <laughs> no, you know, seriously yeah that's awesome the man can play football do you right, want right. to play football or do you not want to play football so you're going to not let him play football because he took a knee before the game and right. and 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 I don't say that I'm, I'm, my family's veterans. I I do shows for the the military. I support and salute. Um, it's not about the flags. It's not about disrespecting the military. It's about him talking to a vet and saying, "What can I do to show that you know we're not being treated equally in this country as people of color?" And and of and he was advised by a vet to take a knee during the flag. Right. You know, not right. to say, man, F the flag. I don't care about it. He didn't throw a middle finger up and say, I, I hate the flag. But he was essentially saying, I'm, I'm doing, I'm protesting. You know what I'm saying? Which is all yeah. right as Americans to do um, injustice in society. Now, it doesn't matter how he did it, because if he would have did something different, you know, people say don't protest or people say you can protest but just do it in a way we want you to do it. Right. It's like, well, it's not a protest then, is it? You know what I mean? I don't, <laughs> do it how yeah. we want you to do it. <laughs> oh, I know. So I don't know. But, you know, I I feel like that in a lot of ways. Like, is the music good? Yes, it is good. We do like the music. So then how come I can't, you know, then buy the music? You know, right. the music's good. <laughs> well, I have to come clean with something. I've been telling people, I, you know, I, I know that your anomaly was number one and you were on Jimmy Fallon, but around that time you were on this podcast. And so I just tell people we blew you up. Man. We, we, <laughs> oh, well, good. Then maybe it'll happen again. Here we go. One more time. Here Come we on, go. baby. <laughs> I, I really do want to encourage our listeners, though. I mean, you, you've heard this interview and you've heard how uh, Lecrae has you know, just been hit by being honest. I just think it would be neat if people don't stream this album but go out and get all things work together. You you heard me, Toby, and Matt. Matt never listens to rap. Not never. Cuddy. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I'd never say never. But, uh, I mean, this album is just unbelievable. Yeah. So everybody go out and get man. it. All things work together. Yeah, and you got yeah, tour dates, too. So that's the best, one of the best ways to support artists. You're going to be in Columbus, Toronto, Pittsburgh, Detroit, and Chicago next week, looks like. So, yeah. we, yeah, I, you know, when somebody's that. an artist and doing the right thing, I always say this. You don't want the artists that you like to be more careful. You want them to be more honest. You want them to put themselves Mm, out there. More artistic. And if you like it, I mean, I'm just, you know, don't support anything you don't like, but 
this album is worth listening to and worth supporting if you do. And uh, we appreciate very much. White appreciate. people are allowed at the show. Oh, white people are allowed. Okay, good. <laughs> that's good. that's what I was going to say. At no point, <laughs> at no point, listening to this record, did I think, man, he hates me. I did not. <laughs> I did not. And you know what? I really. One last thing. I really do appreciate that analogy to Colin Kaepernick because you're right. As soon as a football player steps out of his lane, people go, nope, you stay in football. No, no, Lecrae, you're a rapper. You stay in in rap, especially in the Christian world. How can we do that when we're totally fine with a 70-year-old reality show guy running the country? Stay in your lane. (laughs) You're fine with with a reality star running the country, but if a rapper speaks really thoughtful, provocative lyrics, uh -uh, uh-uh, if a football player wants to, even if you disagree you got to listen, right? It, it, that's, I feel like that's what I'm taking from this interview and from your music. you got to listen at least, right? Why, don't be slow to speak and, and more thoughtful because that's what you yeah. did with this record. Like it, it took you a while to get to this record, so it's true. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. Doing, yeah. Lane changing yeah. should be allowed. I mean, you, 100%. Well, have you ever driven a car before? Is he, you, who wants to stay in their damn lane? Like what kind, I mean, yeah. please let people change the lanes. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. And, and like you said, it's listening. I've been listening for years to people, yeah. you know, who don't look like me, don't sound like me, don't come from where I come from. And I've been listening for years. So I know, you know, what people are thinking and, and from different vantage points. And so all I'm saying is, hey, man, I got one, too. You should you, you do. And, and let me say this, too. There have been plenty of people who are listening. And I want to make yeah. sure that they feel I'm loved sure. and supported mm-hmm. because there have been some people who are listening and who have reached out and who have said we support you. And um and I'm. Very, very grateful for that. You know, I'm very uh, grateful. And and so let me not, you know, throw uh, yeah. all Christians under the bus because there's been some incredible allies and friends um, uh, who have supported. And, um, and I, you know, especially I love like my white uh, fans and supporters who, who like want to make it clear. Hey, hey, brother. You got one in me. And I'm, like, all right. <laughs> I'm like, all right, man. I appreciate you, man. <laughs> well, thanks for your time today, Lecrae. Yeah, we thanks so much, man. We really do appreciate it. I appreciate y'all too, man. Thank you. Lecrae, everybody. Excellent. Excellent interview. Very, very cool. Oh, man. I, he yeah, reminded I, I, me. Go ahead. Where's Joey? Well, I was just Joey gonna, here? I think he had to take off. I don't know. He, oh, okay. He had to he split. Got, that's fine. He got too emotional. He got too emotional. Yeah. But uh, I, I was thinking it, it it really is crazy how we compartmentalize people. And and I guess that's even with race and stuff like that. But it really was profound to me thinking about my heroes who were black were only in entertainment. Yeah, I never thought of that before until you said it. That's a good point. Like, I mean, I never and – and here's the thing. That, that – that, I never realized it. Nobody told me. The teachers didn't tell Nobody told me anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, like it, that didn't it, – it just didn't happen like that. And it's really crazy. I can remember reading an article. Like I said before, I, I, I love Sam Cooke. I can remember reading an article about him. He wrote this song called A Change Is Gonna Come. I love that song. It's so powerful. It feels so strong. But he wrote that song because Bob Dylan – he felt like Bob Dylan was making all this amazing music that was really powerful. And he was and he's like, wait a minute. There's not even a black voice that's doing this. And he wrote this song. And, he, and that's basically – I mean, he wrote so many songs, and, and we could talk about it forever. But I was thinking it's so crazy, like the idea of a, a minority person using their music to really say something – 
and people get really uncomfortable with that. And when I say people, I, I think I mean the, the majority gets very uncomfortable when somebody in the minority really speaks thoughtful, provocative, striking, challenging lyrics and music. And I, I do think that's what's so great about I, one of my favorite things about music is when it's like there's a duality there. Like I love that how awesome I can just pop in this Lecrae record and just listen to it and really enjoy it and not even think about it much or. If I'm in the mood, man, I just listen to the lyrics and it really just can stand out to me. I think that's really cool. But we are in a time where everybody's starting to question stuff and we got to listen. And it starts with me right now. It really does. I'm not, if you're out there, no matter what you believe, you might be right. I mean, what if Lecrae's completely wrong? It would still be awful to just shut him down and not right. give him a voice or not, or not understand any of his side. What, of what do you do to from. people when they're wrong, like your kids? Even, yeah, smash right. them. I mean right. that because they are incorrect. I mean, first of all, I don't think he's incorrect right. about anything he's saying. Of but course even not. if he no. was, even if he was misled and doing something bad, what do you do to those people that that you're friends with right. or care about? As, right. Which is the craziest yeah. thing because it's not like people that don't know him. These are people that liked him, and they're the right. ones doing harsh things that hurt him personally. It's crazy. Yeah. But I was thinking about when he said about the public speaking because you know you can make money doing that. I'm sure that's a big gig when you've got it and you count on it. But uh, I was thinking about how when we were first blogging and starting to do this before we even started the podcast, it was like, okay, we'll put a thing on the website about speaking. I imagine if this goes any better, we'll get speaking gigs. We'll be part of this whole thing. I remember trying to design what it is we were getting out to do. And everybody's like, oh, well, speaking, you'll do speaking, blah, blah, blah. Now, I had no concept that the podcast would be any where this big, I think we have sponsors that we make all this money that we'd have all these listeners. I never expected to have the success we did, and still to this day, no speaking request. Right, zero. <laughs> still haven't had one. It's just I think right. that's hilarious. No, like what no. we do, which is a huge problem when you're trying to promote what we do, is it's like, well, don't listen to us, you idiot. And th- that's right. that's the message everybody's received because nobody's <laughs> ever asked us to speak or do a damn thing other than exactly what we do yeah and i am i guess i can almost say i'm glad about that i mean it'd be I, maybe it'd be nice to be asked but or if it paid a bunch of money i really don't know but everybody else gets speak everybody else with a smaller podcast than this gets speaking gigs they have a b- block uh, in their website they have a manager that, that fields requests and they yeah. whatever we don't <laughs> don't need any of that uh, I mean, Lecrae is a voice that you want to hear because, yeah, I mean, sure. he wants – I mean, the, the thing that you, – you brought up this point that I just think I cannot believe everybody misses it. He could have done a uh, – got hopped on a song with uh, Chris Tomlin and made a shitload sure. of money. And just, you know, but he did what he thought was true and what is true to him and what he's trying to express in his life and tell the truth and and really press into culture what these norms are that aren't right. And so he's – did the right thing. He of did course. the awesome thing. He made even great music. Like he even made oh, yeah. a hell of a good record. And we are trying to. Uh, I mean, is, is Christian culture trying to shut him down? I was thinking while we were listening. Not that, even intentionally. That, like it's not. No, even, that yeah, it's just I agree. The, it's I agree. Just it's, an it's emergent phenomenon subtle. that exposes something right. wrong with us. I mean, that's the way it, things go. It, it's subtle because you don't think about how many people aren't listening to Lecrae right now. But why aren't they? What is the thing here? What is going on? And that is that those subtleties, those little things, I think, really are what the big thing is. Like, I mean, that to me, it's more dangerous that uh, white evangelicals would stop listening to Lecrae for some reason. 
more than the KKK. Like, there's a bigger, like, the KKK is a small number. We know who they are. You know those people are shitheads. They're awful stuff. There's only, uh, there's thousands of them, whatever. But, not, but like, the idea that uh, an entire uh, religion might would move away from a guy because he's saying what is going on in culture and in his life, like, that, that thing is the big dangerous racism thing to me. Like, that is the thing that is, like, Wait a minute! What is happening here? What's going on? I was, and, and you were talking about speaking. I thought while we were doing that, you should everybody listening. I was going to embarrass Joey first and just say we should do hashtag uh, Lecrae at Seacoast and just get Lecrae <laughs> at speaking gig at Seacoast. Is there a big mega church where Joey works? You can do that, or just do it at your church. And like, we need to hear yeah, these voices. Yeah. We need to like propaganda, Jason. I mean, we need to hear these voices because that is what I was saying before. I never had those voices. Let them come speak. Never, what are you I, afraid I, of? Right. I, I never had, I mean, seriously, like I never had those voices to show me another side, to open up yeah. a new thought for yeah. me. I, I didn't have that. I, and I, I need it. Even if I didn't know I needed it, I need that. Well, that's like, all I mean, about really the way do. we always talk about respecting the, the listener. The listener knows how to freaking listen to something. They know how to say, right. oh, that's that guy. You, you know how to listen to somebody and understand that they have a point of view Right, and that's where it's coming from, and then you can calibrate. Right. You don't just listen to somebody and then become them because you heard them say something. That's insane, yeah. and that's that whole problem we always have about. Well, I know I like Lecrae. I guess I can listen to his thoughts, but I'm worried about these other people. And there's other people yeah. I don't know who they ever exist. I don't. It's always that third party of who you're worried about that is so yep. gross, and it's not respectful to yep. any listener, consumer, person. Parish anybody. It's not. It's just not respectful. But yep. Hashtag Lecrae at your church. Yeah, that's right. Get blow get it up to come. And then after Lecrae that, at your church. You after need that, to hear get it. Toby to come speak at your church. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine me? Okay. Oh, at this point. Yeah. Oh, this, man, that is so funny. <laughs> I, I, I guess I understand why they don't ask us. But I tell you what, I thought that might be a way that we earn revenue or support ourselves or do something, yeah. but I'm glad we don't have to do it. Uh, I'm glad that it's the BC Club that actually funds what we do, pays our bills, oh, yeah. pays Reva, pays for our equipment, the office, everything. This stuff comes from the BC Club. And so I really want to thank – We uh, this is true. We outperform almost every club or Patreon support, whatever – as far as percentages of listeners, we have a very high percentage of people that listen to the podcast that are, you know, members and th- and they stay a long time. So yeah. I'm, you know, that's just the proof's in the pudding on that. People join and people stay and it continues to grow. And you can tell that because of the list that we have every single week that's never yep. fabricated. It's not like we make them up just to sound like we're growing. And I'm astonished every week we have a big list of people. In fact, they're still backed up. There's just so many to, you know, that we can't even say them all in a week sometimes. So the list is, is growing. But I will give it a shot at these names since Joey's not here. Michael Fisher, Adam Walters, Chris C. Bowden, Ton Crevier, Aaron Gaglia, Mary Tyler, Avalon Benoit, Bo Beckwith, Jesse Roger Westland, and Forrest Burris all joined the club recently. And, uh, Glad to have you in there. We'll, they'll be in the Facebook group. And I encourage you guys to say hey in the Facebook group, introduce yourself, and give a full list of all your political opinions so you can be properly grouped, targeted, and attacked for them. And we're doing a – can we talk about the BC Conference yet, or is it still under wraps? Secret? Well, it's not anymore. It's not? Well, I mean, you just said it. Oh. <laughs> that, 
that's that. I thought I missed it. I thought I was eating turkey. Um, Reva wanted to get a landing page put up that we don't have yet. But yes, we will give you the details on Thursday. But there is, in fact, a BC conference, and it will be in Nashville. And it will be... January. They won't pay us to speak, so we'll start our yep. own damn conference. We'll start our own damn conference. I'll speak if I Sons damn well want to, and I'll say whatever gonna, I I'm want to. I'm only going to cuss. Yeah, I'm going to get up on stage for 45 minutes and just say cuss words. We actually had a venue that we were trying to book, and they're like, "Yeah, it's fine, all good. We're ready for to take the deposit. Just you know, no cursing, whatever. Blah blah blah. What? <laughs> what? And we changed venues. <laughs> so. But I'm really excited to announce who's going to be here and stuff. We're going to do and all that stuff. But we will save it. That's just a little teaser. But we'll. Uh, update you yeah. later this week with some good news so keep that and, and keep I that got, weekend open to go ahead and block that off 27th and 28th of january in nashville and you got about five days left of this but Devin and i with our podcast song rescue are taking making custom songs for christmas presents for you and we don't really have many spots left but if you want to try and squeeze in there you can go to songrescue.com forward slash Christmas, I think is what it is. You might can even just find it on the songrescue.com site. But we, we will take your lyrics or you give us an idea and we'll write an entire song for you. And uh, Matt, I was doing it this week and I was writing one of the songs for the guy and he just wanted me to write a song about his, his son and his daughter and how much they mean to him. He just said a couple of things. And I wrote the song really quickly. And when I got done, I was just like, I'm good. <laughs> I am, I this, like, I'm bad at most things. Like, I'm, I, I can't, you know, I, uh, yo, I can yo yo diet. I, I, I'm obnoxious. I'm loud, all this stuff. But if you want, if you ask me to write a damn song, it's gonna get you. That song's going to be good. That is, I mean, I'm, I'm, there's so many bad things about me as a person. I mean, it way outweighs the good. But one good thing is I can write the hell of a song. So I'm pretty, I, I was kind of, Proud of myself. I cracked open a Miller Lite and just like looked at myself in the mirror. That's great. I feel the same way when I, uh, I don't, I don't feel any, that way about anything I do. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say talking or something, but it's not, none of that stuff's really true. I enjoy yeah. stuff I do, but I chronically am doing things that I don't think I'm very good at. Uh, you know, communication is even one that's frustrating to me. I feel like, God, I'm not doing this well, even though I like it and try. I've been, you know, whatever I get into is something I don't ever feel like I'm good at. And then maybe a few years later, I'm okay at it, the way I feel. But I'm glad yeah. you have an actual natural talent to lean into. It's benefited me greatly. Yeah. Joey, Joey's entire talent is leaning. It's, lean, it's just <laughs> leaning in, just leaning itself as his talent. He can't look himself in the mirror because he's always laying <laughs> He, he gets those vertical yeah, mirrors that are all the mirror. mounted yeah. sideways at his house. Yeah. His, all his mirrors in his house are about three feet off the ground, so he can always see. <laughs> Woo! All right, see y'all Thursday with some more conference announcements and news. Have a good one. Mm. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com.